your Bibles to Acts chapter 6. I have the most unbelievable opportunity to, to speak before us right now, and then we're going to have communion in a very different way today. You are going to get up out of your seat and come to one of the tables in a small group. I'll give you instructions about that in a little while. But before we get to the table, I want us to go and I want us to talk about where we are in our, in our study. We've been going through the book of Acts. We've been taking a look at all the way up to Stephen, which was Acts chapter 6, and we, we were introduced to this guy named Stephen. And so the book of Acts introduce us, introduces us to a lot of people who are following after Jesus. And this week, we have an opportunity to take a look at the life of Stephen, who preached really the longest message that we have in the Bible. And I have the shortest amount of time to do that as we do to communion, okay? So hang with me and hold on and let's go. But I have one question for you as we get started. Don't you love a good story? If I would sit there and I would ask you the question, do you love a good story? I could prove my point by saying one thing, this is us. Seven men right now just curled up in a fetal position and started sucking their thumb and crying, okay? I have never seen an episode of that show. I'm not against that show. I just know that it is a great story and people are very entrenched into that story. When you ask people about that, that show, they say, oh, it's such a great story. It's got so many stories. Because we love good stories, Okay? And, and then another thing, we would, if I was to sit there and ask you, I would say, well, what about Lance Armstrong? Well, we would say that it was a good story. It started out as a good story. He was an unbelievable cyclist. He won the Tour de France, Tour de France, and um, he won, and then all of a sudden he got cancer, and then he came back and he won again, and it was unbelievable, and then all of a sudden he was found out to be a liar and a cheater, and that's not a really good story. It's not a, not a good story. Let me make sure that we understand something because the way that we get through things and the way that we look at the Bible is we look at the one story that's in the Bible and that's a good story. And it's the story of God coming down to rescue people. It's the story of God giving hope and love and peace and, and, and conviction and grace. And, and that's the story of, of the Bible. And I, I believe that when we take a look at this story, we understand how it changes us because here's what I want us to understand. There is the story of the Bible and then there is your story. And we have to understand where in the world does my story intersect with the story? Where in the world does my story intersect with his story? Or where does his story intersect with me? Where was there a time in my life where, hey, this is different, it's changed because I know who Jesus is. Stephen, we come into contact with a guy named Stephen and, and what we see this morning is we see a lot about who he is by him telling a story. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a look. Let's give some context to chapter 6 and verse 7. We learned a couple of weeks ago that Stephen was appointed to be uh, a leader in the church to, because there were some people that were going without. There were some widows that didn't have things. And so the church gathered together and said, hey, we want to continue to preach the gospel. We don't want to uh, stop doing that. So how do we organize ourselves to help do this? Well, they picked up seven people. One of them was Stephen. And he was selected to be someone who would take care of the widows and the orphans and serve tables. He was a servant in the early, the first church. Then we come down to the end of part six, and there's a lot of things that are said about him. In, in chapter five of verse six, it says that he was full of the Holy Spirit and faith. In verse eight, it says that he was full of grace and power. In verse 10, it says that he couldn't, they could not resist the wisdom with which he spoke. In, in verse 15, as he is arrested because of trumped up charges against him, it's said that his face was like that of an angel. 
And so all of what's going on right now, Stephen is in the church taking care of widows and orphans serving tables. He comes to an opportunity where he's able to speak about King Jesus. He's able to talk about him, and then all of a sudden he's arrested. He's arrested by a group of people called the Sanhedrin. You remember those? There were seven people, the religious 70 people, the religious leaders of the time. They, they trumped up charges. They accused him of saying, hey, he's speaking against this temple. He's basically saying he's, he's, he's changing the customs of Moses. And as a Jewish person, that's not what you do. So they're making some accusations against, against Stephen. And, and to be honest with you, the accusations are false. Sounds like someone else, right? Sounds like Jesus. So in Acts chapter 7, Stephen is before this council. They look at him and they say, is it so? Did you do this? How are you speaking against Moses? Are you speaking against the temple? Are you speaking against Jesus, the Jesus of Nazareth? Are you doing this? And then he goes in and does something incredible. He tells them a story. But he gives them the full story. Because they had an incomplete story. They had the history, but they did not have the story. They had the history, but they did not have the story. And so Stephen stands up and he's gonna give them the full story. And he stands up to him. And he goes back to Abraham. Then he talks about Joseph and he talks about Moses and he talks about Joshua and David and Solomon. And then he looks at him and says, hey, guess what? You know what you are? You are a stiff-necked people. You are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so did you. Which of the prophets did your fathers persecute? He turns it back on them and says, actually, I'm not the guilty one that's sitting here. You are. Because you have failed to recognize that Jesus did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. You don't understand that this righteous one that was given to us by God himself, this Jesus is the one that will set us free. In essence, here's the big idea. Stephen is telling them that Jesus is better. That's what he's saying to them. And I want us to take a look at what happens when we believe and when we live that Jesus is better. And I think when we take a look at Stephen's life, we'll see what came out of when he believed and when he stood up on that Jesus is better. There is nothing else but him. And here's the first statement that I want you to see. The first thing that we see, because Jesus is better, Stephen is saying, I am going to serve him. I'm gonna serve him, verse eight and verse 10. Verse eight says this, Stephen, full of grace and power, here it is, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. He was not just being, he was doing. He had, he had encountered the living God. He encountered that Jesus was who he said he was. Possibly he encountered Jesus when there was the, the message at Pentecost or Peter's sermon. We're not really sure when he came to faith in Christ. But what happened was he came to the faith, he came to faith in Christ and realized that Jesus is better and since he's better, I'm going to serve him. I'm gonna dedicate my life to making much of him. That's what Stephen did. The core of the Christian faith is service. If you're not serving in the local church or serving Jesus, then listen, that's a mistake. That's not good for your life. And Stephen is basically an example for us to see that right there. I don't know about you, but I was greatly impacted by the funeral for Billy Graham this week. And family night this past Friday night 
was all sitting together in the family room and we had recorded the funeral for Billy Graham. And I sat there after people just got up one after the other of talking about this man who served King Jesus, who he believed like Stephen believed that Jesus is better. And I remember my story one time. I was in seminaries like 20 some years ago. I had to get blood drawn, I'm diabetic, and I was just doing a blood test for um, just regular levels. And I was sitting in this lab and I'm sitting down and she said, hey, you, the lady goes, you can just sit here. And I sat here and literally like 20 feet in front of me with this, was this lady I knew exactly who it was. Her name was Ann Graham Lotz. And I was like, that's the closest I'll ever be to Billy Graham in my life. I'm a seminary student, man. I just want to preach Jesus. I want to talk about Jesus. I want people to come to know that Jesus is better. And so she gets done. She stands up. She's walking out like this, holding her arm. And I stood up and I said, Miss Grimm, Miss Lotz. I said, Miss Lotz. She said, yes. I said, my name is Matt Rice and I am a seminary student. And I just want to tell you, thank you for everything you've done for the cause of Christ and your family. Well, thank you very much. And she went into this long conversation. And we had a little moment right there. And she left and went down. And the, I sat down in the chair to get my blood drawn. The lady tied this thing around my arm. She put a needle in my arm. And I said, I've got to ask you a question. Have you ever been told about a God in heaven who loves you? His name is Jesus. She said, that's funny you say that. That lady who just left, she told me the same thing. <laughs> I said, do you know who that was? She said, no. I said, that's Billy Graham's daughter. She said, my pastor is going to flip. <laughs> she said, six months ago, somebody told me about the Jesus that you just talked about and she just talked about, and I gave my life to him. She says, my life has changed. So what are we going to do with our lives? What we're going to do is we're going to serve King Jesus. Stephen has made a declaration and his life demonstrated it that Jesus is better and he's better. And it's because he's better than what I'm going to do. I'm going to serve him. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to dedicate my life to making much of him. doesn't matter if you're an engineer. doesn't matter if you're a teacher. It doesn't matter. That is your platform to make much of him. And here's what Stephen says. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm serving tables. I'm serving widows in my church. And by the way, I get an opportunity to talk about him, and that's what I did. I'm going to serve him because Jesus is better. Jesus is better. He also said this, number two, I am going to correct them. Because Jesus is better, I'm going to correct them. They made themselves, this is in the early part of chapter six, they called themselves the freedmen. No, and, and, and Stephen is looking at him going, no, 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 you're not free. You're not free. You're free only in Christ. They made this, this statement of who they were, and there's a long history about that. But here is the situation. Stephen is the story police. Have you ever had somebody who is the story police? <laughs> Someone where you're telling a story, and the next thing you know, no, that's not how it happened. Maybe your spouse is like that. <laughs> But here what Stephen is, is they're sitting there going like, telling this, this is what happened, this is what happened, this time. And then Stephen comes in and goes, no, I'm going to tell you how it really happened. This is what took place. You rejected the king of kings and the lord of lords. You guys did that. I'm not guilty of this. You are guilty of this. He stood before the people and said, hey, guess what? I'm going to confront you. It would be like, this is what it would be. If you and I came here on April the 1st, I know that's April Fool's Day, but it's also Easter, and we were to sit here from this stage, Jerry's gonna preach that message, and he was to sit up here and say, hey, I wanna let you know something. Christ died, and Christ was buried, and he stopped there. That would be bad news. But because that's not what happened, he says Christ died, Christ buried, and Christ rose again, that's good news, and what Stephen is coming to say is he's coming to say that Jesus is better, and I'm going to correct you because it is for your good that I do that. So he corrects him. 
and he spends the entire chapter, basically the entire chapter seven of doing just that. Calls him and tells him he's got a stiff-necked and that they're against God and they resisted the Holy Spirit. And so what he's trying to do right now is he's trying to get us to see the whole story, not just the history. And so number three here, Jesus is better and because he is better, I am going to plead for them. Stephen's life was taken. He was the first martyr of the Christian faith. This is the first person we, we hear about in the Bible whose life was taken because of his faith in Christ. There were other people. Peter, crucified upside down. Paul, John the Baptist. There were other people whose lives were taken. But we, need, we see in this text that Stephen, Stephen's life was taken from him. Let me read verse 60 in chapter seven. It's the last verse. It says this. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. The life of Stephen is based up right now of a servant of the most high God who was arrested on trumped up charges. And he is found correcting their story and pleading for their salvation. When I was taking a look at what that verse meant that I just read to you, it basically means that when he's, he's sitting there saying, do not hold this sin against him, what he is saying is this, I have encountered great grace and the God of the universe who gives great grace, I'm asking and I'm trying to intervene with them. He is intercessorily praying for them that they would experience this great grace. And so Stephen's life, because Jesus is better, he is found at the end of his life pleading for them. The same way King Jesus did for us on the cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he gave his last breath. And so here's where we are. What I want this to be is I, I, we're, we're coming to the table here in just a minute. And what we as a staff and our elder team is, we want to be able to serve you. We want to be able to encourage you. We want to come together to recognize that there is no other name under heaven whereby men might be saved. The Bible says very clearly in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, do this in remembrance of, we gather at these tables in this way to remember that Jesus is better. Stephen's life demonstrated that. My prayer is that your life would demonstrate that as well. That you would serve him, that you would correct others that are wrong, and that you would plead for those that don't know because Jesus is better. And we can remember that his body was given for us and his blood was shed for us. There is no need for a goat or a bull that Jesus was the lamb that was slain without spot or blemish because he's better. He's better. I want to pray for us right now. God, it is in Jesus' name that I come to you right now and recognize that Stephen's life boldly declared that you are better there is no one like you there is no one like you I beg you and I plead with you if there's anybody in here that doesn't have a testimony that says Jesus is better that today they would come to know you in faith and repentance I pray that people would understand that there is no sin that keeps us from you that you invite us you forgive us and you want us to be reminded of all that you did for us so as we gather together here as a family, may we celebrate you, 
May we be encouraged by you. And may God, you teach us about who you are. We love you and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.